0: Welcome to American Patchwork and Quilting Radio, your one stop for creative inspiration. We have a terrific hour of ideas and tips for you today. So let's get to it. Here's your host, Pat Sloan.
1: Welcome to American Patchwork and Quilting's talk show, and this is my first show of 2018. Yay! So exciting to kick off a new year. First uh, up, I am going to be talking to Deb Tucker, and we were just chatting before the show that she was on quite a long time ago. So, you know, we're going to catch up and see what Deb is doing. So thanks for being here, Deb. Hi, Pat. Happy New Year. You know, I love New Year's. Do you like those fresh starts? It always feels fresh.
2: Oh, I'm always glad to get back to work after all the crazy crazy, busy holidays.
1: <laughs> yeah, start <laughs> new things, yeah. So, you know, you tell bet. me, Deb, you have been in business, oh, I think you told me like over 30 years, you know, from starting when you were teaching. Um, when did you make your first quilt? I
2: actually made my first quilt. I can remember the day. I, I remember <laughs> saying I wanted to be a quilter. It was 1981. It was the year before I was ready to get married. My husband said, well, fiancé at the time, Mm -hmm. and I walked by a place and saw a quilt in the window. I said, I'm going to learn how to do that. And I'm still married to the same guy.
3: Yeah,
1: (laughs) good for you. So it was 1981. Oh, wow. So, you know, having been anybody that has been doing this uh you we all gain experiences um you know and you being a teacher that's really a core of what you are Deb you know what have you sort of Mm -hmm. noticed you know from the beginning of teaching to what you're doing now like what kind of tips might you have well um I'll
2: tell you there's one that I have and it was a Oops! Moment. Um, a couple of years ago, uh, I got talked into teaching a class uh, on a project that I'd wanted to teach Hunter Star, but I never made it. And uh, I got talked into teaching a class, and um, when I started looking around for all these different approaches to Hunter Star, I wasn't liking any of them. I, I knew they weren't going to work with the class that I that I classes that I had scheduled, and uh, it. Led me actually to my first to developing my first tool, the Hunter Star Rapid Fire Hunter Start.
1: Ah, so but you are just it was not a finding scary. it.
2: Oh, no, I wasn't. There you know, when it comes to well, things developments. You know, mm-hmm. you you had traditional templates, and then you had um, paper foundation piecing. And I knew that the group that I was working with that paper foundation piecing wasn't uh, what they wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So I started playing around with. Uh, some different processes that use my signature, oversizing and trimming down, and de- and developed a tool. Now it took two years to get it <laughs> to market. Yeah, but it's it's an awesome tool. Yeah, yeah, that's and one of
1: awesome the technique. the things that you're you're known for, Deb. Is sort of you know you look at things in a certain way, and then you develop faster, you know, easier ways, and you're very precision oriented. Mm-hmm. Um. You, have you always been like that or did that sort of come about at some point your need for precision
2: well the, the, if it was if i'm going to do it it better be done right and, <laughs> and, and, and other people approach quilt making in lots of different ways but mm-hmm. i was always a technician i i you know points needed to have points and and uh I, you know blocks need to measure needed to measure the right size and a long time ago i realized that you know, if I actually started and made my basic building blocks and my basic units bigger than they needed to be, and then trimmed them down, it really, really improved my accuracy.
1: Yeah, it it takes that little bit more time, but it is really worth it.
2: It is. It absolutely is. It, you know, and you know, it it helped me as a as, as a teacher. You know, my job when I was in a classroom wasn't to show everybody how great I could be when mm-hmm. i was making a quilt but my goal was to have everyone in the classroom leave with success mm-hmm. leave with techniques and processes that were going to take them to another level a higher level of success with their quilt making experiences
3: mhm
1: yeah that's that is wonderful because people come in and when they learn and they're successful then uh yeah they make more quilts that's <laughs> Isn't that amazing? <laughs> yes, it's like yeah, when we have success. Um, you know, all these years that you've, you know, been working with people, you've also worked with lots of people in the industry. Um, mm-hmm. is, do you have like some one particular person like you think? Oh, this was this person gave me a great tip, or just made me change a way I started doing something.
2: Absolutely. Uh, well, when it was early in my quilting career, it was probably twenty five plus or minus years ago, and it was Doreen Speckman. And Mm -hmm. she wrote a book, and her whole philosophy in the book was, if you learned to make about two dozen basic shapes well, Mm -hmm. you could build a lifetime full of quilts with just those those two dozen basic units. Mm -hmm. And i I followed that philosophy for 30-plus years, and I'm still designing with those same basic units. And uh, I actually designed all of my fundamental tools to deal with those two dozen basic shapes Mm -hmm. that I learned from Doreen Speckman 25 years ago.
3: Mm.
1: Isn't that fun to think back? I mean, I took a workshop with her and heard her talk. She was amazing.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. She was. And inspirational.
1: Inspirational. She really was. I I loved her attitude. Um, So what is one of your favorite basic shapes? What is one that, like, every time you're like, you know, I still really love that shape? (laughs)
2: <laughs> well, it didn't quite fall into the basic shape category um but a couple of years ago, I developed a tool and a process, another rapid fire tool for doing LeMoyne stars and oh. Lemoyne stars have always been one of my favorite shapes and favorite blocks, but traditionally they're hard to to make well and to and to make easily and um with some of the, the tricks that I learned with the rapid-fire hunter star, I developed a process with that that allows me to strip-piece them, which I love because it makes it very efficient. Mm-hmm. Uh, I make them a little bit bigger than they need to be and trim them down as I'm, as I'm constructing. And at the end, trim down the block as well. I can make LeMoyne stars in a short amount of time, maybe a half an hour or so. Oh. And every single one is perfect. Yeah, and there are no Y seams, which is pretty awesome.
1: Right? Yeah, the Y seams—they're—they're okay to do, but they're a little bit more time-consuming, and um, yeah, it's nice when you don't have to.
2: Yeah, I always—I always tell uh, uh,
1: tell my students the Y seams do three
2: things. They take more time. They take more precision, and they result in lots of four-letter words. (laughs) So we just try to avoid those things if we can. (laughs) Right.
1: So I'm curious, Deb. When you know, because you um, do a lot of, like, small trimmings to just get down to that that accuracy Mm -hmm. level, what do you do with that? Are you one of those people who has to keep all of that, or do you give it to somebody
2: Oh, heavens, I throw it away. <sighs> if
1: somebody wants it, they're welcome
2: to have it. Right.
1: But, uh, you know,
2: actually, what I what I trim off, when I do a show, and I've, en- I've ended a lot of shows around the country, mm-hmm. when I do a show, and even even a big show like Houston, where there are lots of people and I'm doing lots of demonstrations, I don't even have a baggie at the end of six days of show, <laughs> five to six days of a show. So, it's you know, it's really not worth keeping, mm-hmm. um, although I'm – I'm considering doing more scattering and letting the birds build their nests, which is always funny when you finally see fabric in a in a bird's nest, and we have a lot of them around us now that we're in our new house.
1: Yeah. I also have people tell me they use them to do pet bedding, you know, where they have to mm-hmm. you know, they sort of stuff them in there. But I figured you probably weren't getting very much from your methods.
2: You're right. Not yeah. very much at all. Yeah.
1: So where is, uh, where is your schedule for where you're demoing or doing shows so that people can stop by and say hello?
2: Well, we have a website. It's studio180design.net. And uh, actually, this was on our calendar today to, to update and uh, refresh <laughs> the, the 2018 calendar, you know, mm-hmm. getting, getting those jobs done. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, those are th- – that has all the shows where either I will be at or one of my representatives will be at. I have um, a, a, a good number, I, I have like 80-plus um, certified instructors, and they teach and they demonstrate and they vend all over the country. And, you know, anybody who – I can't do that. I mean, uh, right. I, I'm, I'm spread so thin with my business that mm-hmm. – um, for me to, I miss being in the classroom. It's it's one of the things that I don't get a chance to do as much as I'd like. But by having these certified instructors who are very knowledgeable and grounded and able and enthusiastic about uh, the tools that I've developed and the processes that I've, I've uh, put together, um, you know quilt guilds and quilt shops and shows can get these certified instructors into their venues and and learn second best. Second. You
1: know,
3: oh just <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's a, It's great to have people, particularly when you're dealing with a tool. Somebody who really understands it exactly as you mm-hmm.
3: intended
1: it to be used. Um, so that that is totally fabulous. So I have one fun question, Deb. Uh, sure. <laughs> so do you have a fabric color or maybe a style that you don't use as much as others? Have you ever looked at that from your fabric collection? <sighs>
2: Well if I look through my group of fabrics the littlest one the littlest grouping is probably the orange but you know I looked in my closet I wear more orange than I I have more <laughs> orange in my closet than I wear but I don't I don't tend to make it in my clothes, which is kind of funny
1: yeah I know I I right now my lowest color is purples um, really yeah I don't have many purples and I I had to get some for a niece's quilt a while back, and I was like, "Holy cow! I better buy some more." So, is- <laughs> oh, you had to go fabric shopping. Too bad. I know it's uh, it's a rough life. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, so you also have a newsletter, right?
2: We do. Yeah. Um, and people can subscribe to that by visiting our website. And uh, you know, we're not sending out a newsletter every day, no. but um, anytime we introduce something new or that we. Um, you know, have an announcement to make or we're letting people know, you know, where I'm going to be, that comes out in a newsletter and it comes out about every three or four weeks.
1: Perfect. Deb, this has been so much fun. Yeah, it has. We'll have to catch up
2: on a longer basis at dinner sometime, sweetie. Yes,
1: we will. We definitely will. (laughs) I'll have to stop stop by your booth the next show that we're the same place at the same time.
2: (laughs) Oh, it'll happen. It's a small world.
1: It will. Thanks, Deb. (laughs) Thanks, Pat. Have a Happy New Year. You too.
0: One Million Pillowcase Challenge in March for the Ultimate Pillowcase Competition. Gather a team and compete in one of two categories during the month of March to make pillowcases, earn points, and maybe be crowned the Ultimate Pillowcase Champion. The top three teams in each category will be awarded cash prizes. Even if you're not forming a team, you can watch all the action with weekly voting and daily prizes. Visit allpeoplequilt.com backslash pillowcase madness for more information. Quilt
4: Along with us in 2017. Join our fourth annual Quilt Along by stitching a wall hanging, a throw, or a one block table topper, or all three projects. Visit allpeoplequilt.com backslash quilt along for a list of participating bloggers and designers and to see photos of what staff members and other readers are sewing. Share your photos on social media by using the hashtag APQQuiltAlong to join the fun.
1: Welcome back to American Patchwork and Quiltings Talk Show. I'm Pat Sloan, and I asked Amy Ellis to come back and chat with me. She's a moda fabric designer, she's an author, um, and a curator, a curator of many fun things. (laughs) Uh, So, Amy, you have been doing a bunch of brand new projects, and one of them is this amazing journal that you're putting out, um, and I'm just really excited about it. Tell, Tell me a little bit about this
0: sure curated quilts has been um, a project that i started with a a friend and we decided we really wanted to showcase what's happening in modern quilts in a printed format and so we're publishing a quarterly journal
1: Uh, so who are you doing this with
0: her her name's Christine Ricks and she is a graphic designer and she's worked with uh, Modern Quilt Guild on some of their their monthly um, you know patterns and whatnot. So she's she's been around for a while <laughs> in that capacity. Yeah, that's I mean I just love the
1: whole concept of this. I mean it's only print, right?
0: We're doing a little bit international um oh, PDF yeah. just because it is expensive to ship, you know, mm-hmm. across yeah. the world. <laughs> but yeah. there's been a lot of a lot of interest, you know, internationally, so that's exciting.
1: Yeah. So tell me how the two of you or whoever one of you had the idea. How did it how did the idea <laughs> start? Yeah, well, how did it start? <laughs>
0: Yeah, we were chatting over lunch. We um, we live about 45 minutes apart from each other, but get together occasionally for lunch, you know, halfway in between. And mm-hmm. we were trying to figure out how we could, you know, just kind of promote and encourage the quilting the community that's maybe not already represented in print. Mm. And so that's kind of how it started. And then, you know, at first we just kind of put it aside, like, yeah, we don't have time for this. Yes. but. <laughs> it, it kept coming back to the surface for both of us. So we decided to pursue it.
1: Yeah. Now what you know, what is the content? Because being a journal, you're you're showcasing other designers, you're writing articles, it has quite and you actually have patterns too.
0: Yeah, there's a little bit of everything. Um the the goal of showcasing current quilts and maybe something that's you know, maybe not as current, but it's still, um, on trend. Mm -hmm. So we have typically 20 to 25 quilts in a gallery. And so we're sharing the finished quilt with a little bit about the designer. Mm -hmm. And typically they are, um, you know, a a unique quilt. They're not something that you can find in a, in a pattern book somewhere. Mm -hmm. It's something that they've designed and, and put their heart and soul into. And and so, Mm -hmm. um, so we're sharing a little bit about them and their process in designing the quilt. And then um, we also have articles surrounding the theme. Each, each quarter we have a different theme. So our first one was linear quilts. Mm-hmm. We had the conversation back and forth. Is it a stripe quilt or is it a strip quilt? Oh. <laughs> and I was like, we need a new word. <laughs> so linear quilts. And then um, publishing right now is the um, log cabin quilt. Um, issue, and so okay. we're you know looking at modern quilts in the log cabin genre, but also the historical perspective too,
3: mm-hmm.
0: um, and that's been something in each issue that we want to look at is, you know where how has this this idea in quilts even come to be?
1: You know that's what I really love is that the sort of mix of the stories you have about. Each of the quilts and the designer, and then the the articles. I'm looking at the one with the log cabins, and what okay. I love is the article called "Why Thrift," um, mm. a, you know, which is not really log cabin based, but it's a, just something people have always done, you know, to get fabric right. is use clothing.
0: Right, use what you have available. Yeah, (laughs) so who was the
1: lady that wrote that article?
0: Her name is Erin Suliak, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, and she lives up in Canada, um, the very far northern side of things, where it's very expensive to get fabric and also you know hard to get it up there and so there's not a ton of options but she has found some real treasures in her local thrift shops and so she wanted to you know she she pitched the idea to us and we loved it because it's something that a lot of people can relate to
1: Yeah, I love her one statement. I'm not going to read it verbatim, but basically she's saying, (laughs) you know, yeah, basically she's saying how, you know, it's so so interesting to take apart the clothing because she's looking Mm -hmm. at clothing construction and that's just, you know, if nobody's ever taken clothing apart for fabric, Mm. don't you think everybody should do it once?
0: <laughs> yeah, at least once. Yeah, <laughs> it's not once. coding even just a pillowcase. Yeah. <laughs> There's so much detail in there that we don't typically see. Yeah.
1: Now, how do you gather? You know, I, I, I think you put out like a call for submissions. Is that how you're doing yes.
0: certain parts of the issue? We're tra- we want to involve as much of the community as possible. So, as much as we can, we're gathering you know, articles and gallery quilts that way. And then I'm also looking, you know, through Instagram feeds, Pinterest boards, and just, you know, all the common areas online, trying to find um, something that speaks to our theme and is also relevant. So, yeah, a little bit of everything.
1: Yeah, so when you're planning this out, um mm-hmm you know planning out it at one of the journals i know that it's it's you've done several of them now but what what's your sort of do you have like a whole stack of ideas piled up or how is this working for you <laughs> <laughs> um Yes and no it's it's
0: kind of you know there's certain certain ideas that keep getting you know they kind of rise to the surface and then mm-hmm. it, okay that, now that's time for that one to to go ahead and be published and so it just depends on the issue and what we're focusing on and but yeah I try to keep a a running collection of ideas and and stuff to look for when I'm online so that I um I'm not you know scraping the bottom of anything right (laughs) right
1: (laughs) yeah and sometimes have you found um maybe you have an idea but like there isn't enough stuff popping up yet
0: right and then you know and then it's kind of fun to go approach someone that is is just starting to on that that trend and see mm-hmm. if we can have a conversation and then you know maybe there's something born out of that. So mm-hmm. it's a little little bit tricky sometimes. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, that yeah, it's um, it's fun because you're sort of looking for things because then you have a lag time from all the development. I mean, you're writing books, you know, basically. So it's like, right? You know, you have they don't get all done instantaneously. Uh, what? How are you deciding on the um, the patterns that you include?
0: Sure, the patterns included are typically go on, tr- you know, on with the the focus of the articles or Mm -hmm. the, the journal. So log cabins, our next issue is going to focus on minimal quotes. So we're looking for minimal quote designs as well. And, um, you know, I'm, we're just looking for, you know, what appeals and we think will appeal to the reader as well. And, um, it, you know, there, it, we tend to focus, or we tend to have a lot of, um, solid prints, are solid fabrics included, but we're not opposed to prints by any means. So <laughs> I get that question quite a bit. <laughs> and uh, we love prints, but a lot of times it's easier to showcase uh, a pattern in in solids. Mm-hmm. So it just depends on, on what we're looking at.
1: Yeah, that's, uh, and it does tend to, you do find a, a bit more solids used in, in a modern quilt. So, for sure. Yeah tend to, yeah. So what about yeah. what about yeah, it's not nothing's a given. Uh, it's, no, about, it's not. And you know the, the you know I think people make assumptions sometimes. They go, oh it can only be this or it can only be that but like if they look at your journal yeah. they're gonna see a whole range, which is really exciting.
0: Right. Yeah there's a little bit of everything in there and um we put out a challenge as well for mini quotes Um, Something small to kind of, um, you know, spur creativity in in people that, you know, maybe haven't had the chance to explore a log cabin or a minimal quilt. And so it's fun to see what people come up with in that because it's um, it's not always (laughs) what you expect, Mm -hmm. but it also, it pushes them. And I'm finding a lot of good feedback, too, because this is not something I would have ever tried before, but I really enjoyed the process. And it was small enough that they can finish it and, you know, and not feel bogged down by a bigger project. Right. Yeah, they, I love I loved
1: that challenge section. Um, are you getting a lot of submissions for that? Do you?
0: It seems to be growing each time. So, mm-hmm. yes, it's fun because, um, you know, but... I think last time we had about 100 submissions, so it's, it's a little bit of a challenge even to kind of oh, yeah. <laughs> sort out which ones are and are not included, but mm-hmm. um, they, it's a lot of fun to see what people come up with, and then also, you know, just the the challenge of it all. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, we have a bunch right now. <laughs> and you have a website
1: for this? For this yes,
0: journal? Yes, it's curated com. Okay. Plain and simple
1: yeah yeah everything and then you have like an instagram page so people can mm-hmm. follow that when and what do you post we have about a minute what do you post on the instagram?
0: We do a lot of reposts of other people's okay. quotes, so looking for you know things that are um exciting or new or you know different and then i'm you know I'm always trying to find new artists and encourage them as well. So it just depends on what catches our eye, <laughs> yeah. but um, there's a lot of good stuff in there. So um, And also QuiltCon. We'll be at QuiltCon and taking yeah. photos there too. Perfect. So there'll Perfect. be a lot of good images. Yeah. Yeah. And
1: when, I mean, real quick, we have like 30 seconds. When's your next fabric line mm-hmm. out from Moda?
0: My next fabric line is shipping in February. It's called Wanderlust. Yay! I love it. Yeah. yeah. Thank it you. Is. It's bright and cheery and just what I need in February. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I well, live in the mountains where there's lots of snow. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> you need some color. Um, well,
1: have Absolutely. a great um, event at QuilCon, and thank you so much for um, jumping in here and giving us an update. It's a fabulous journal, Amy,
0: Just fabulous. Thank you, Pat, and thanks for having me. Okay.
1: And uh, for those of you who go out there and look, you can subscribe so you never miss an issue. And uh, we're going to take a break, and then we'll be right back and talk about creativity.
3: Creativity. Mm-hmm.
5: quilting tip brought to you by Moda Fabrics. Visit ModaFabrics.com or your local quilt shop to see the latest fabric collections. To avoid mixing up various size strips once cut, you can write the measurements on the strip selvage. Get two full years of American patchwork and quilting delivered right to your door for the price of one. That's a full year free. Every issue is packed with never-before-seen projects from top designers, detailed photography, Complete materials lists, and easy to use pull out patterns and quilting diagrams. Subscribe today at allpeoplequilt.com.
1: Welcome back to American Patchwork and Quilting's Talk Show. I'm your host Pat Sloan, and the wonderful Heidi Kaizen from Hen and Chick Studio. The multi-talented Heidi is uh, back to chat with me today about creativity. I had asked you, Heidi, for some thoughts. I said, what if, "What if you do? Can we come on and just talk about create? How to jumpstart creativity, or how to do other creative things? Because you do a lot of crafts." I do.
6: I do. doing, Pat, thank you so much for having me come on and talk with you today. You know I love uh, <laughs> talking with you and, and sharing with other people what is going on. And create, being creative um, comes in so many different forms. And mm-hmm. I think sometimes that people get hung up on um, you know, on, on big things that, that really they don't need to. But, you know, if you need a little creative break and doodling on your paper is what gets the juices going, mm-hmm. then do it. You don't have to create a masterpiece. I don't care if you throw it away when you're done. <laughs> uh, but, but it's that it's that process of letting your your brain. Do you want to say relax or mm-hmm. forget about whatever the other thing you were supposed to be working on or did work on? Um, yeah. And I just think I I think so often we think we have to create something spectacular, um, and we don't. And right. you are absolutely right that I yeah. love multiple forms of creativity. I yeah. entangle. I scrapbook. I do both digital scrapbooking and traditional scrapbooking and uh, art and journaling. Uh, uh, nothing better than a blue gun and some ribbon, right?
1: (laughs) That's right. You know, like, out in your shop, which is in Conrad, Iowa, Hen and Chick Studio, you run sort of creativity things that are not solely quilting. You, I mean, I remember Carolee came in and was doing, like, drawing. Um, Uh, What are... Some of the other things that you have sprinkled around your shop for people to look at and experience?
6: Well, of course, uh, watercolor um, art play like Carol Lee from Adornit does is huge, and we have had her come in. Uh, we Zentangle, we've had a certified Zentangle teacher come in and really be able to, uh, say, let our creative juices go. We've done painting. I don't know if you follow Pinterest at all. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Wink, wink. Um, (laughs) But Palette painting, where people um, are painting designs on a palette. Okay. Well, we we found a local artist who did that kind of work on a smaller scale. They were more like 16-by-20-inch palettes and brand-new palettes, not old ones. But she used her, oh, it could be like a cricket or a silhouette where she cuts the pieces out in vinyl uh-huh. so that you could create a motif, a design, and sort of paint and not feel like you had to be a painter to do right. it. Right, right. Uh, next, next month, we have a lady coming in that does felted flowers literally from felt, flowers mm-hmm. from felt, and embellishes a metal sign um, that has words cut out in it. Oh, cool. And, you know, I, I, again, um, you know, research shows, Pat, and I'm sure, you know, you know, have seen these kinds of things where, you know, research shows that creative people don't do just one craft, that they do multiples. And that's what I'm going for at Hen and Chick Studio. Is that I'm I'm looking for those people that have more than one outlet, and because we have the retreat space right. and the workshop space, it allows us to do these kinds of workshops without um, without a problem.
1: Yeah, you know, the, you know what I really love is that when we when we hit that point, Heidi, where we're like, you know. I want to make something. I don't know what I want to make. You know, I, you know, we're talking quilting. You know, like we're quilters. We're core yeah. hardcore quilters. You know, we really only quilt. But sometimes people just get stuck. You know, because you have a lot. We have a lot of options, mm-hmm. particularly when it's your hobby. You don't often have a something you have to be doing, and so sometimes that you get into that spot where it's like hard to sort of get motivated, even if you want to be motivated, what kind of things can people do to, I would say, kickstart or get their mojo back, as a lot of people like to say?
6: I think it's that surround yourself, immerse yourself in things that you love, and Maybe it is a day away um, hunting through antique stores. You oh. and I both have a friend, both yeah. have a friend Roseanne, yes. uh, who we can think of immediately. Right. That She loves those day trips where she goes out and she's checking out what the local gift shops are doing and, and finding this little antique store and this little repurposed store. And sometimes it's that actually jolt away from exactly what you want to do, Mm -hmm. but it's things you love. And then when you come back to your sewing room, you're refreshed. You think, oh, my gosh, I saw that combination of turquoise and yellow. Oh, Mm -hmm. let me pull out my turquoise and yellow fabric. Mm
3: -hmm. Um, You know,
6: I I I think that, you know, get out your favorite quilt books and, you know, pour pour through them. Read it like it's a novel Mm -hmm. and that you want to see um, what, you know, what Pat Sloan has done in her latest applique book or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, what a Kim Deal is doing with all of her scraps or, mm-hmm. you know, we could go through and name you know, designer after designer that their books are like a good novel and it's, it tells a story of what they're doing with fabric and thread that can, can often inspire you.
1: Yeah, and I think, you know, it is key to just sort of let yourself not be obsessed with getting going, to just let yourself enjoy something creative. Um, yep. And like your mind just needs to relax sometimes, you know, it just, it yeah. just, it gets wound up into this, you know, ah, then it, then it gets negative vibes which don't help anything yep. um and i don't know if this ever works for you
6: pat but mm-hmm. um i i'm often at a computer even though i own a quilt shop right um, because of because of my businesses i'm often at a computer and i'm i might be trying to write social media posts or i might be trying to write the next newsletter and um sometimes i get I'll get stuck mm-hmm. and uh I often simply get up from my computer, get up from wherever I'm working and I take a notebook. It could be a quilting piece. It could be a handful of piece, but I take a notebook and I go to a different spot, Uh, maybe out on my porch or Mm -hmm. maybe it's in the retreat center rather than in my office at the store. But change your environment just briefly, just, Mm -hmm. just enough that it, it gives your mind, uh, you get out of that, um, I don't want to say cycle, but out of that, you know, feeling that like oh, I've got to sit here and I have to, I have to produce this right now. Um, That if you change your environment slightly, that you might be able to just again, just jar your brain enough Mm
3: -hmm. that
6: it allows you to um, let those creative juices start flowing, and then again, you walk back in. You know, fifteen, twenty minutes later you go back into your sewing room and you're like, Oh, that's what is going wrong. I needed a dark border instead of a light border or or whatever the case might be.
1: Mm Mhm. Yeah, I I like breaking the cycle. You know, for me often I have to actually leave the house. (laughs) I have to go (laughs) <laughs> you know, go for a walk or go to – A bit of coffee. Uh, yeah, do something. Yeah. And so that's why I, I do that. It's like – and and sometimes you just need to schedule whatever that thing is for the next day or a different time of day. So if you – you know, a lot of people, if you're working during the day and you're taking care of your family when you come home from work, then your evening, sometimes you're just tired. Um, yeah.
6: You know, yeah.
2: So yeah.
6: that makes it yeah, hard. It it does now, and the other thing that I sometimes do to again spur me on, you know, get me get my juices going, is do something silly. And for, for not example, you. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, not me. I'm you know serious, hundred percent of the time, right? And, uh, and 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 when I say that, do something silly that maybe uh, might seem frivolous, like for example, scrolling through Pinterest. Mm-hmm. And the other day I got hooked on, have, have you seen this new craze of felted food? Like people that are making bananas that have oh. peels that are made out of felt. No, I haven't and seen I that. Am, oh my gosh, Pat, you go in and Google felted food, food. <laughs> and you are going to be a So ice cube trays made out of felt. And, and for about 10 minutes, I let myself just be silly laughing at all the different kinds of food, I have no desire to ever make a piece of felted food. Right, um, you know, I, I don't need them. They're, they're, you know, I don't have, I don't have yeah. small children that they would find, you know, fun to play with. Yeah, but it was silly, and it let me, um, again, sort of change my environment for a few minutes, and then I went back with just a little bit clearer, clear mind, and and could get back into the project I was working on. Yeah,
1: Um, You know, another thing I've done, Heidi, is to just have some sort of mindless sewing, uh, because when I'm tired, I don't want to have to make a decision on anything. I don't even want to have to read the directions on what size to cut. It's like... Yeah. So if you've got something all prepared that all you have to do is sew it. It's like all cut out. I did this recently and I was like, oh, I always need to have one of these. Already mm-hmm. just sit because then it's mindless. You're not, you are you can make yourself sit and do four patches or nine patches and that kind of gets you into, back into working with your stuff.
6: Well, if you, and, if, and if you find that you have a specific time of the day, that you work best. So you were talking about like when you get home, you're tired. okay, so maybe, maybe you have twenty minutes in the morning that mm-hmm. you um, are really alert, you're 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 dedicated to working on the project you're working on. Okay, so plan that you do a more difficult task at whatever time that is that you find is your peak time. Mm-hmm. So say, for example, running the sewing machine, and making a long chain of four patches Mm -hmm. and I can crank those out in 20 minutes and I just leave it sit till I get home when I'm tired, but I still want to quilt, but I'm a little tired. Then I do that more mindless task of cutting the chain pieces apart and Mm -hmm. pressing them open. Yeah. And, and prepare everything so that when I'm ready again for that peak moment, Mm -hmm. that I've got the, the task that needs to be done at that point.
1: Yeah, I think that overwhelming feeling sometimes is really what people are trying to express. That's what's kind of happening to them. They just can't absorb anything else for the day, but they want to sew, you know. Um, yeah. yeah. And like, Yeah, absolutely. Go- and I think also we have about two minutes, but I want, um, I want you to tell us a bit about um, what's coming up for your Hen and Chick studio that, you know, people who are traveling this summer might be able to stop in. You bet. Uh, you know, Hen and Chick Studio
6: is a quilt shop with scrapbooking products and a fully equipped retreat center. So we always have Come Create With Me retreats going on. You can check on our website for a complete schedule of that. But we participate in the All-Iowa Shop Hop, which is in the month of June. And we participate in the Row-by-Row row, uh, Shop Hop from uh, July, or excuse me, June through September. So uh, we'd love to have visitors come by and see what is uh, going on. And uh, we, we offer a, a, a lot of information on our Facebook page as well as our website. So they can always find out what's, you know, happening at the late, last
3: minute. Right.
1: And your your work area is huge. So you have a really spacious it area. Yeah. It, yeah, it is. It is. Oh, it's like
6: um, 24 by 100, you know, feet long. It's a big old mm-hmm. building. And... Uh, We love getting, you know, quilters up there and having them work on their projects and get their stuff done.
1: It's awesome. Yeah. So everybody can visit henandchickstudio.com. You can sign up for Heidi's newsletter. And someday I have to get out there to visit you. Yes, you do, Pat. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> I know. It's like I have to hang my head when I see Heidi. It's like, yes, I haven't yes. been there yet. That's <laughs>
6: like <laughs> someday I'm one of your crash country adventures. And guess what? I have 18 beds, so I'll have a place for you to to put your head down. You'll be good.
1: Perfect. Thank you, Heidi, for being here. Thank you, Pat. You have a great day. Okay, we'll be back uh, after the break and wrap up with another creative person. We'll see you soon.
5: Join American Patchwork and Quilting on Facebook for daily quilting inspiration, tips, giveaways, and more. Find us at Facebook.com backslash APQ Magazine. This quilting tip brought to you by Moda Fabrics. Visit ModaFabrics.com or your local quilt shop to see the latest fabric collections. Press and seal can be used to hold pieced units in place before sewing together.
1: Welcome back to American Patchwork and Quilting's talk show, and our show is sponsored by Moda Fabrics. And I just want to tell you that uh, if you are going to QuiltCon, there is going to be Moda designers there, um, and I believe Moda will have something there at the uh, at the show too. Uh, and if you're looking for something new and different, Vanessa Christensen of v Company has some new. Sp- sparkly ombre fabric which is just amazing it's got like confetti on it I just can't wait to play with it so we're going to do one more creative talk because I have admired the work of Janine Van Gogh's um, journals and magazines forever uppercase is an incredible uh, set of um, projects that she does and she designs fabric now. So we are going to talk about all the things Janine is doing. So thank you for being able to jump in here, Janine. Hi,
4: thanks for having me.
1: So how, how did you decide to start a publishing, creative business? Because you have a very specific style for what you do.
4: Well, thanks. Um, well, I started out as a graphic designer, Um, So I did uh, books and magazine designs for other people, um, and that was fine for about 12 years. I freelanced. Um, And among that time, I moved my design studio out of my house into a... like a three-story public building where people could have um, galleries and and such. And so I moved uppercase, that's what I called my gallery at the time, Uh um, into this building. And so I did my graphic design in the back, and then uppercase at the front was a gallery of design and commercial art and photography, illustration, and I had a shelf of books that were published by other people, and um, a gallery wall of rotating different shows and... um, I designed greeting cards, and I (laughs) made products for my own shop. And after a while, doing all the stuff for uppercase in the front was far more interesting than the (laughs) stuff for the clients. Um, I was even sewing products, too, that were were going in my shop, and I was selling Uh them online, too. So that's how uppercase started. And um, 2009, um, some of the... Uh, magazines I've been working for—they folded—and mm-hmm. I just had room in my brain for what if I did my own magazine? And uh-huh. it just started pretty quickly.
1: You know, your whole aesthetic—I just—you know—like, do you ever find like somebody that you look at their things like, oh, I wish I could do that. I'm like a cluttery person, and so it's—it's <laughs> it's, you know—and you're not. I mean, from my eye, it's very—I uh, just love how you lay things out. Have did you? Have you always sort of had this, or is it refined since doing your your books and your journals?
4: Uh, well, as a designer, I find it way easier to uh, make the page seem uncluttered than real life. <laughs> <laughs> if you looked at my office right now, I think uh, you wouldn't think it's uh, so clean. It's, I'm in the process of cleaning it up, but it's kind of funny that you said that right now. Um, no, we- <laughs> it's just easy for me to organize things on a page. I really enjoy the challenge of taking information and imagery and typography and just putting it onto the page. That's just my favorite thing to do, so I'm glad I found graphic design as a career. Um, And now with it being my own magazine, I can really take care to highlight images and artists and designers that um, really speak to me, and I think that's what you're meaning by this uppercase aesthetic, because... Unlike a lot of magazines where there's like a, a team of people and you have an editor and you have the art director and designers and such, it's just me doing everything. So mm-hmm. um, although that's a lot of work, it also has that effect that I can really hone in on on what uppercase is aesthetically speaking.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and it's there the everything is just so beautiful to look at. It's like, Oh, I just wanna you know, like escape and It's like, oh, I would like to redo my whole house. So it looks like Janine's (laughs) pages. Uh (laughs) Nice. (laughs) So when did you start exploring fabric design? Um, Because, you know, it is um, art. uh, Mm -hmm. So, you know, taking your style and putting it on fabric is not far-fetched. But when did you think, this is what I'd like to do?
4: Well, the very first issue of of Uppercase, um, the spine is uh, about a quarter of an inch thick, um, maybe not quite, but it's a significant spine, and I always dreamt that that would have a different pattern for every issue. Mm. And at first I started out with really simple patterns like polka dots and stripes and kind of a waffle pattern and things. And then as I kind of got more adept at designing those patterns, the patterns became a little bit more um, intricate or maybe less, um, obvious and a little bit more complicated or, um, recalling some of the content that's inside. And so after I had done a, like a year or two of these and I could stack up the magazines, I thought, oh, that's, that's quite pretty. That would make nice fabric someday. <laughs> and I just put that idea in the back of my head for a number of years.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: And then, um, issue 20, I want to say 21, I think it was issue 21 was a surface pattern design issue. Uh, in which I had an open call for practicing surface designers and, and aspiring fabric designers um, and surface pattern people to submit their work. And from there, I curated it down to 100 artists who were featured and lots of really amazing, talented people. Mm-hmm. And um, when that issue came out, the folks at Wyndham Fabrics um, had purchased it. I have a subscription. hmm and they actually started working with quite a few people that I had featured um, in that issue, so sort of like was vision mm-hmm. accomplished in that people yeah. who um, I really liked got um, you know in touch with the right kinds of people in the industry.
3: Mm-hmm. Um,
4: and the the artist I had chosen for the the kind of uh, interior cover of that feature, Jan Avalana, um, got a really great um, um, arrangement with Wyndham Fabrics to do her first line of fabric, and that was just Mm -hmm. really exciting to see that happen. So that's how I first got to know the people at Wyndham, Um, and then I waited a little while and just let my dream percolate for a little while until it was appropriate for me to kind of raise my hand and say, hey, (laughs) have you ever thought that this would look nice? And then I I emailed a picture of the stack of magazines so far and said, would you like to do fabric and that's how that started oh I'm very fortunate to have done a couple of collections now with Wyndham
1: it's sort of like a fairy tale. It sounds, but but a fairy tale that when you know, pull behind the curtain, there's lots of hard work for years ahead ahead
4: of it. <laughs> yeah, probably at least five or six good years of work there. But yeah. the the idea was there, and I just kept plugging away. And mm-hmm. and when the timing was right and the people were right, then it just happened. And it's been a fairy tale in that it has been a really a pleasant experience. And I I keep the fabric design aspect of my. Of my creative life into the, it's not a hobby, but I like to think of it as a hobby because just I'm trying to do it. This is for fun. This is my, you know, my downtime <laughs> as mm-hmm. opposed to my main time, which is publishing the print materials. Yeah,
1: it's like your second job, but your fun second mm-hmm. job. Yeah, that's. Well, I was just looking at the um the back issue page at your website uppercasemagazine.com, uh, and on that page you actually have them stacked facing mm-hmm. you know that so that we can see all those patterns so that's pretty yeah. cool so it's exactly like you were talking about it so what has been the favorite thing you've made with your fabric
4: um well <laughs> it's <laughs> been a this question it's, it's hard <laughs> i don't know like the the first collection i was in such a fluster of making for the lookbook that i i didn't follow my own advice and i was not quite in hobby mode and it was really a lot of work to get the lookbook done and such and so everything i made in the first collection although i i love it all it was it was so much hard work but the second collection i realized i needed to just breathe a little and so i decided to sew things that i actually really needed and we had renovated our house uh, recently and so i needed curtains and i needed um like cushions for my dining room chairs and um, I had a nice area now for my sewing area so I wanted to spruce that up by making like little um, recovered sewing baskets and all that stuff so now I live with it every day um, so it's really been quite fun so I think my favorite thing that I made was actually one of the simplest things and that was just curtains for my dining room, I see them every day, and they're just very simply made, but I um, crocheted a little edge along the bottom, and it look just kind of sweet and vintage so that's my favorite one that I made.
1: I like the, um, and I'm not sure which line it was from, but you remade like one of those knitting baskets that was fabric with a wood frame that opened like our grandmas had.
4: Mhm yeah that's for the the current collection which is called volume 2. Um yeah I had uh lucked out at the garage sale or flea market or something and I had a few of those baskets and of course the fabric was um I think they the one that I had was from the 70s and um it was kind of cool but the fabric was disintegrating. Yeah. And uh so I carefully took it apart to see how it was put together and then um made my own uh, version of the the fabric bag to to put on those baskets. So yeah, that was a challenge, but I really like how it turned out.
1: It's. Yeah, I looked in your your lookbook for that, and it is really. Um, I thought,
4: oh, now I now I want to go get one of those and redo it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you can find one for a couple dollars. Right. It's it's really inexpensive. I saw there are some frames available, but that's there, quite a lot more to do it that way. The yeah. secret is that you basically have to sew it in. You can't, there's no way to just slip it on to those old mm. frames. You have to mm. stitch it in. So did you do that by hand? I did, yeah. yeah. I, I quite enjoyed doing things by hand, so it was fun. Yeah,
1: yeah. it gives you a little bit more control than trying to stick the wooden frame under your sewing machine. <laughs> that's <laughs> <laughs>
4: Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh,
1: so you're, we have about two minutes. Um, your fabric lines, you have two of them out now. What? And you're naming them like sequentially, like the books? Or the magazine?
4: Um, well, it just turned out that way. Um, okay. The first collection is called Uppercase, and then the second collection is Uppercase Volume 2. <laughs> and I have a, a subtitle called Dots, Dashes, and Diamonds, which is mm-hmm. kind of the repeating motif that happens in that one.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, so I suppose if there's a third one, it'll be number three. So um, I'll actually start working on that one soon.
1: Cool. What is your latest book that you've put out, your most recent one?
4: Um, it's called Botanica. And it's part of my Encyclopedia of Inspiration, which are um kind of a sporadically whimsically ordered series of books. Um one was about stitching and illustration called Stitchillo. The first one was about Feed Sacks with Lindsay Calmacray, McCrae, who I, I think you'll have as a guest soon. Um mm-hmm. she's amazing. Um yeah. and then the third one, most recent one, is called Botanica and it's um how florals and, and botany and horticulture and stuff inspires the visual arts and crafts. Oh, cool! Yeah, they're and they're all quite hefty books. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. The the feedback book is over five hundred pages, and yeah. Stitchillo is at least a couple hundred, and Botanica. I can't even remember. I just kept adding pages because there was so much good content to share. <laughs>
1: page after page after page so Mm -hmm. do you have a facility people can visit physically visit or are you just an online now
4: Yeah, now I I do have a a studio in Calgary, Alberta here where people can give me a call and make an appointment to to visit. I don't have the gallery anymore. Once I started the magazine and had a baby, then I (laughs) couldn't do everything, so I closed the retail aspect. But um, Uppercase Magazine is available in lots of retail shops, so Mm
3: -hmm. if
4: people want to find it, they can go to uppercasemagazine.com forward slash stockist, and there's a list there. Or they can take a look at it online on my website.
1: Well, Janine, thank you so much for being here, um, and I've just been excited to hear about all your things.
4: Thanks. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me.
1: This is American Patchwork and Quilting's talk show, and I'm your host, Pat Sloan, the first show of 2018. Yay! So we will be doing... Lots more shows this year. If you have ideas for a guest, somebody you've never talked to or heard me talk to, uh, send me an email, pat at patsloan.com. Join me at my Facebook group, Quilt Along with Pat Sloan, and join American Patchwork's UFO Challenge page at Facebook because there is so much good inspiration. Um, And be sure you sew every single day. We'll see you next time.
0: to visit allpeoplequilt.com for more information on topics from today's show as well as how-to videos free printable patterns and additional tips and techniques thanks for listening to american patchwork and quilting radio